0: Welcome to the Inside Edge, presented by First Merchants Bank. First Merchants Bank, helping you prosper. Put it in the upper right-hand corner, just like a postage stamp. That's a good bingo! Get ready to learn more about the Columbus Blue Jackets players and coaches, as well as find out what's going on this week in the NHL. Now let's join Bob McGallaghan and Jody Shelley for the Inside Edge, presented by First Merchants
1: Bank. Welcome to the Inside Edge. Bob McElrogant and Jody Shelley here with you. The Blue Jackets are going to be back on the ice on Saturday night when they take on the Seattle Kraken at Nationwide Arena. It's a run of the start of a run of three home games, with the Kraken being here on Saturday. Then it's the Vancouver Canucks for a Monday afternoon game. And finally, late next week, the New Jersey Devils will be in town. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk with Nicholas Backstrom, the goaltending coach of the Blue Jackets. Of course, goaltending is always an area of focus and the Blue Jackets have three guys right now that are rotating in and out of the net. So we'll talk with Nicholas about that. But Jody, first of all, it's uh, it's kind of funny. So I missed games and I missed this show the last time you did it. Ever since I've come back, almost every game has gone to overtime. It's been ridiculous. My wife said to me, are they just trying to make up for you for you miss games so they just try to play extra periods and catch up but um but when you look at what the blue jackets have done since coming back from the christmas break yeah there were only two games that didn't go to overtime one was the loss to the boston bruins the other one was the loss in winnipeg the other night but i've got to ask you is this a, is is this a step as much as we hate the fact that games get away in the third period you look at that minnesota game last saturday night and how that one got away late and they lost it in overtime Even though we hate all of that, there were times earlier in the season the Blue Jackets were giving up leads in the third and they were getting nothing for it. Now they're at least getting it to the overtime. They're at least guaranteeing themselves one point with a chance to get the second one. And I know it's halfway through the season. I know you're not in the playoff picture. And I know all of that is frustrating. But is it progress for this team? You know... It's interesting. Yeah, there's frustration all around
2: this team, of course, because every season we start over and it's a fresh start and there's optimism for every team. And then as the season starts, some teams aren't established with how they want to play and with their system. And again, this year, with the circumstances coming in, uh, you have Pascal Vincent thrown in late in this process as the head coach, a guy who's watched the organization uh, up close, understands the personnel, but also... He is a guy that wants things done a little bit differently. So now he's given the reins to do that. So he has got to implement uh, a defensive zone, which is better, more predictable, harder to play and adjust to to start for some of these players. It's different for Zach Wierenski and how he's had to stand off and wait. And he really established that. And when I say stand off and wait, in the D zone, they're really protecting the front of the net. So they're giving up the outside of of the defensive zone. And that was a tough adjustment. And then you combine a new system, a new coach uh, with young players who are, who are emerging in the National Hockey League who are thrown into the lineup and and, and learning how to play on the fly. Uh, it, it's been a tough start, plus some players who are underachieving to start. Patrick Liney in and out of the lineup, Johnny Goodrow in and out of the lineup. We're past the halfway point in the season, and when you look at this, you, you can now have a body of work where you can look at it and say, okay, there are some non-negotiables, things that every player is expected of uh, has to do every shift, and this team has to play a certain way to win. And and now that we've seen teams like Winnipeg, who doesn't have any superstars, but play the ultimate team game with a very good goaltender in Hellebuck, uh, th- they understand that they dig into defense, all five guys in their goaltender, understanding that that is where you generate offense. And when you see that team... Shifley gets hit with a puck and he leaves the game but comes out to celebrate the victory with no helmet on at the end after his stitches are done. There's something in that room that has been built, and it's taken a long time. That team underachieved last year, and there's teams that are, are get better like they did by removing some pieces like Wheeler, like Dubois, and adding some depth like Iafalo uh, in that uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. And you look at other teams and what they've done and where they're at, it takes time and, and I hate to, to think that, you know, this team is not progressing, but it is. And it, it takes those young players to figure out. And I think Cole Sillinger is the best example of us seeing a guy come in and scoring 16 goals, getting injured last year, missing training camp, and then coming to camp this year, not knowing where he's going to fit in, but under a new coach that rewards players that, that work for everything and do what's asked and take care of the details of the game, which are not making a bad play at the wrong time, are not making it about yourself and your points not coming, and sticking with it, earning power play and penalty kill time due to injury a lot. But now he's established and getting points, and, and that's how it works, and that's how players grow. To me, he's taken another big step in the, as an NHL hockey player, and there's no doubt in that. So, it, some of these guys have to grow that way and then you have Severs and Provorov coming in as new players and you know there's been underachievement levels from some of those guys too personally I know Provorov picking up points but you know the D zone's different the everything is different for these guys so I think as a group we're seeing this team have that relentless play where they take a bite out of the other team but there's still a part of it where within games whether it's the save they need or the power play to score or those things that when the season gets tighter, which it will the second half, you have to have the you have to have your best players playing that best way, but you have to have everyone else on the same page. And I, I think that when you look at Pascal Vincent and we were just in like I said, Winnipeg and, you know, they wanted to know that tough decision about scratching Patrick Line and benching Johnny Goodreau and all those things and that he's establishing a culture here that it's a daily thing and it takes it takes over half a season to happen you're starting to see it come to fruition. And for them to stay in the games and, you know, going into Winnipeg, I thought there would be a better showing from this team. They couldn't score a goal, of course, on Hellebuck. But I credit the Winnipeg Jets. Um, You have to. But you you look at the opportunities to get when the game is close to score a power play goal or get on the inside. There's still a little bit of toughness missing when it comes to goal scoring and and, uh, getting on the inside.
1: And that's something that they have to find. Well, some of that will come right back when Boone Jenner gets healthy again because that's what he does, no doubt about it. But I want to go back to Cole Sillinger that you were talking about. You know, Cole almost got a goal in the first period of that Winnipeg game. Hit the crossbar and then the, the post on the way down off the crossbar. If that one goes in and it gets to a 1-1 game, I'm not saying that you win the game, but I, I think it's a different game. I think that's a, a confidence boost for the Blue Jackets. But Cole was coming off a game where he had a hat trick against Minnesota Wild, and you talked about it. The goals weren't coming for him, but the work was there for him, and you know, last year, as you said, he he went to the American Hockey League. So yes, when you come in this year, am I going back to Cleveland? Am I going to be able to win a spot here? Can I keep a spot here? And to his credit, he's just worked his butt off, and uh, in these last couple of weeks, he's shown that look he can easily be a middle six center as long as he continues to play as he's playing right now. Yeah, his role is defined. Yeah, and you know, if you know what is asked of you and expected of you
2: every day. And you know, there's a place where you, if you do it, that you can grow within a system. I don't care where you work. Uh, it's a good feeling. And for Cole, he's done that. And he's established at ground level. This is a guy who they gave every opportunity to this camp. Uh, I say that, but it was fourth line. It was, you know, a situation where he goes down to the American Hockey League last year. And when you look at the urgency of being a National Hockey League player and the appreciation, he's never lost that, but he's always stuck with his game, but I think there was a time where, and I think of this as a player, you go on the ice and you think, okay, I'm going to score a goal, or we got to get this going right now. I don't see that in Cole. I see that it's consistent with winning a face-off, being in the right position defensively, uh, taking pride in penalty kill, taking pride in playing uh, and making players around him better. And when you have that short focus, uh, it, it makes life a lot easier. So to see him have a short focus... And work on that and get rewarded is, I mean, that's exactly where you want to be as a professional athlete is uh, that defined role. And I think I talk about it all the time. I mean, my role was very defined and I knew what it was. And if I didn't embrace my role to the max, I wouldn't have been in the uh, the National Hockey League very long. So the quicker that young players can figure out their role, and these young guys come in as stars on teams, number one scorer on teams, uh, power play, penalty kill they're out on the ice all the time and sometimes it's a little bit of an adjustment when you get to the National Hockey League. Uh, it's a major adjustment because you're playing seven, eight minutes. You're not touching the puck very much. You have no impact on the game. You feel like, you know, there's more to give and you're not getting it. But when you dial it back and say, make the most of what you got and work on everything else away from the rink, um, you know, you can grow. And that's really what he's done. And it's uh, it's a great example of what can happen here. The other guy is Rosselvik for me. I mean, Here's a player that went down and played fourth line, right wing. Uh, or was it left wing? He played left wing. Never played left wing um, in 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 the National Hockey League on the fourth line. And But he credited his, I credited his attitude when I talked to him because he said, it made me realize that the, there's much more game away from having the puck, where that's a player that always thinks it's the puck. Uh, and Bemstrom's another one where, You have to create battles. You have to work to keep the puck in the offensive zone. You can't just wait for your defenseman to keep it in, and you get easy ice and score a goal. So all those things within the game that these players are learning, uh, it's because Pascal Vincent has put them in situations where it's like, no, you have to earn to play the right way to play in the top six and get on the power play. Uh, and And Jack's not on the power play right now. He's come back from injury. But it's because he's got to earn it. And I think that's something that that's the currency that Pascal Vincent is using very well. And that's why we're seeing these different players play a different game. And, and I think it is helping to for this team to train in the right way.
1: Well, coming up next, we're going to be joined by Nicholas Backstrom, who is the goaltending coach of the Blue Jackets. Right now, they've got three guys in the National Hockey League. It's not ideal two nets three goalies we'll talk to him about that and much more as the inside edge presented by first merchants bank continues here on 97.1 the fan
0: a lot has changed in 30 years but we're still that old shoe that feels worn in and well loved and well we smell a little but you've accepted that the fan
1: Well, don't forget to set your alarm early for afternoon action as the Blue Jackets take on the Vancouver Canucks on Monday at 1 o'clock. Come out early. Check out the United Hockey Mobile Museum starting at 11 a.m. across from Tim Hortons. And it is all part of Hockey is for Everyone, presented by Vories. Get your tickets by going to bluejackets.com slash on sale. Welcome back here to the Inside Edge. Bob McElligot and Jody Shelley with you. We're joined right now by Nicholas Backstrom, who is the goaltending coach. For the Blue Jackets, and Nick, this is your first year in taking this role with the Blue Jackets and being here, being with the team day in and day out. You had been with the organization over in Europe. Uh, what's it been like for you to be here every day dealing with, I can't even say two goalies, it's three goalies, it's four goalies this year. Um, what's it been like for you to make the adjustment
3: to this job? Uh, it's been fun. You know, it's, uh, it's a lot of new things. You, you learn every day a lot of things. You, you try to improve every day. Uh, First of all, it's been it's been great for our family uh, to move here. It's a great place to live. Uh, It's a great place to live your uh, raise your kids. So uh, for me, that's the most important thing. How my family are doing and the kids love it here. My wife loves it here. So that's really important. But it's been fun. It's 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 a challenge every day. It's fun to come to the rink. It's great to be part of the team. You know, you get the feelings after a win, and then uh, you know you get those feelings after losses that that you want to be better you want to to improve and uh, and help help your teammates help the players and uh, it's been interesting it's been i haven't regretted it for a second it's it's been it's been going fast uh trying to learn on the fly but uh, you know it's for sure a big deal too with who you work uh, it's a great place to come to work every day and get to work with these players and coaches when you were over in Europe, because there are only so many goalies in the system, were you doing a lot of scouting when you were over there too? Yeah, it was most scouting. Uh, my first year, uh, Daniel was playing in Finland. So back then, uh, it was a lot with Daniel how he played, where he played, his practice. But after that, it was a lot of scouting and uh, watching watching young kids, uh, watching pro players, uh, pro, pro goalies. Uh, so it was a lot of travel and a lot of time being by yourself on the road. But it's a uh, lot, most of it was scouting and then... Then we drafted uh, Sergei Vano a couple summers ago, so then it was more following him, too. So, um, yeah, talking about
1: that, uh, being by yourself all the time, (laughs) you you just talked about being a part of a team again. That is a nice feeling, isn't it? Because it's great to be in the game. It's great to have a job. But when you spend spend a lot of time in the NHL, and you're always with a team. You're always traveling with other guys, and all of a sudden, here you are going scouting all by yourself
3: it's a weird feeling it's uh, you grow up as a team player I played soccer and hockey so you always team and you enjoy uh, the wins with the team Uh, try to get better uh, as a team when you lose so that's a feeling I didn't realize how much much I missed it to be part of the team Uh, when you scout it's great too but you sit in your car by yourself you fly by yourself then you go to the rink and then there's a lot of people you play with or played against or get to know along the way that you see a ring. That's fun. But then you leave the game and it didn't matter if you won or lost or what was scoring score in the game. But most of the time you didn't even know what the score was. You could leave early if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, you're just <laughs> watching the player. While you try to see what happens in the last minute. That's <laughs> usually when the winners comes out. But you leave the game and uh, no feelings. So it, it's great to be a part of the team. Well, you're a good scout then because I know as a radio guy, when I was in the American Hockey
1: League... Uh, the scouts used to tell me all the time that my listeners would go up tremendously second half of the third period because those guys were in their cars, <laughs> yeah, and they were listening as far as the signal would carry as they were going home. Nick, I- I'm wondering now, what's the role of the goalie
2: coach? Like, how do you watch a game? Do you know what I mean? Are you just watching the goalie? Or are you involved also in like how
3: the team is playing in front of them? I mean, there might has to be so much to that, isn't there, There's... There's a lot of things and uh, I miss a lot of things during the game what the goalie is doing so that's usually uh, I watch the video for sure during the game you try to focus on your guy your goalie but you have to scout the other team's goalie too and uh, uh, as a goalie you know there's a lot of things that happens in front of you that you can't control but are going to affect the outcome of the goalie's game so you you watch that too but for me uh, I think it's the whole thing during the game, but then the next day or that evening when you watch the game again for video, you focus on your goalie and try to see the things he did right and the things we could improve on. Is this a role that you've always wanted to be in? Uh, maybe later on I started to, when I stopped playing, when I was playing, I, I felt that probably not hockey after I'm done, but then suddenly you realize how great the game is and, uh, and really... If you're fortunate to be part of the game still and uh, no scouting, I start to f- get the feeling, you know, I want to be part, maybe more involved. And uh, being part of the team, I think you can be more involved at day to day and uh, and get those. You, you miss those feelings like uh, when you win or even losses. like you, you hate to lose, but it, it takes out those things that you really care. Yeah, you were, you're from Finland. You weren't
2: drafted? Nope. So what's your story? How did that work out? how did you get to the National Hockey League with the Minnesota Wild?
3: Uh, well, I was actually 28 years old when I got to Minnesota, and uh, I played in Finland. I uh, never drafted. Uh, probably not good enough, or them bad scouts at that day, or bad teams in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but then I got uh, I got to play with some great players uh, in a good league and a great team in, in Finland. We had some success, and usually, you know how it goes when a team has success, then individuals have success too, and uh, I think I was fortunate to be in the right place at the right time and then um, you know it's timing too Minnesota needed a goalie and uh, for me it worked out well if I would have got to HL earlier I don't think I would be ready at that point I, I played a lot of hockey seen a lot of different things good good seasons bad seasons and uh, I think I could handle different situations and then it was just to to get the opportunity so my first Actual draft was a couple of summers ago in Montreal. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Wow. And then you played for Jacques Lemaire. Yes. So what was that
2: like as a goalie? Because he seems to his persona is very defensive minded, very structured. How was that for you? I mean, was that, it must have been fascinating to play for such a, a great?
3: Yeah, coach. it's great. I think uh, players, and goalies, whoever played for him, uh, you know, they really appreciate it. Uh, back then, you know, he's hard on you demanding but he wants the best for his player he really cares about his players and you even ask him today I think he would know what most of his players are doing and uh, he got the best out of his players but uh, I really enjoyed it looking back and that I think the only thing I regret I didn't write down notes I think there could have been so many lessons to learn how to coach how to treat people how to approach a game and uh, you know he he knew exactly what's going on in practice. He could come up to me after uh, practice and ask, "So that third two and one, why were you so deep in the net?" Like he had control of everything what happened on the ice. That's incredible yeah. for a head coach.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but but that's uh, it's funny. You said you, you wish you took notes because I remember playing, being a player, Bob, and, and doing drills and thinking oh, I'll never forget these drills. And now I can't remember. I mean, I can remember a few drills that I used to love. But, I mean, and the goalie coach era, you had a goalie coach your entire career, right, in the National Hockey yeah, League? Yeah, So,
3: you kind of got the beginning of that, maybe? I think so. Uh, yeah, I had Bob Mason in, in Minnesota. He, he's been there from the first years in Minnesota. But we when I was there my last maybe a year or two, we got a goalie coach, part-time goalie coach in, in the minor league. But back home in Finland... I had a goalie coach on my team since I was seven years old. So that's, that's part of the deal there. But it's, it's been improving a lot. It's a fascinating position. I know your son played goalie Bob,
2: so you're the goalie parent, which is hard. But like, we don't understand that position even cl- anything close to what it is and what it takes to be a goaltender and the, and the depth of it. How important is that? Like looking back at your goalie coach, is that
3: still a great relationship? Yeah, it's still, uh, we, we talk, uh, at least monthly. And, uh, I think it's, as a head coach, uh, I think it's a little di- You have to have a little different approach. You can't really get that close to all the players. But as a goalie, you, you only have a few guys, two, three, four guys, and yeah. you can get close to them. And, uh, a lot of times, looking back, maybe the best goalie practices I had when we went out on the ice, we could be out there for 40 minutes and, uh, Thirty minutes we're just talking about life and different things, and ten minutes working. And sometimes, but goalie goaltending is a lot of mental, and you have to be mental fresh to to be able to handle the pressure and to be able to stay focused and ready. So it's a different position, and. uh But that goes back to, I should take more notes back then. (laughs) We are talking with Blue Jackets goaltending coach Nicholas Backstrom, and we'll
1: be back with more of the conversation as the Inside Edge, presented by First Merchants Bank, continues here on 97.1 The Fan.
0: Common man and T-boner idiots. You should listen to them anyway. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan, Ohio's idiot destination.
1: We're talking with goalie coach Nicholas Backstrom of the Blue Jackets. You're talking about the fact you didn't get into the national hockey league until you were 28 years old. That really used to be kind of the norm that goalies wouldn't be ready till they were 27, 28, older guys with a lot of experience. Now they're breaking in at 21, 22, sometimes even less than that. Um, and I know a lot of it is, you know, salary cap and structure and trying to get your, your money's worth out of guys, but, um, are guys ready? Earlier now or or is it just the, the fact of what I said is it you're
3: just trying to make the most out of what you got i think it's it's a good question I think it's probably both I think you see it with the players too, but the coaching is different than when it was now I was younger like you you skated four times a week, nothing off ice you do, do your off ice in the summer and then you start on the ice in august now it's different it's uh, it's a year year round they got all these coaches personal coaches fitness coaches uh so it's for sure they're more ready. But then, you, especially in goaltending, I, I don't think you should miss steps. You have to take every step. You, you need ice time as a goalie. It's hard to to get that because only one guy can play. And uh, you always talk about the 200-game rule for goalies. You need to get to the 200 games to see where they are. And it takes time. And uh, you need patience. And everyone knows knows how important the goaltending is for the outcome of the game. So, you know, you have to find the right spot for the goalies to get their game. I have a
1: question for you that Jody and I have wondered about and debated about for a long time. And this is about European goalies in their catching glove. Because some guys some guys seem like they use their glove as a second blocker. <laughs> some guys seem like they struggle in catching the puck. I'm not even talking about the guys that you have here right now, just in general and then there are north american guys that sometimes make it look a lot easier now there there i've talked to some guys before that have said that a lot of north americans obviously played baseball when they were growing up so they're you know they they were catching with that hand anyway and in europe baseball is uh well almost not existent right so does that have anything to do with any of that or am i just making this all up
3: uh, for sure i think uh just the other day i talked Uh, about goaltending and scouting about goaltenders and uh, we talked a lot about you could probably see you put 20 goalies out on the ice and you don't know where they're coming from but pretty soon you could sort of come out are they from North America Sweden, Finland, Russia, wherever Uh, for sure what you do off the ice it it has a lot Uh, Antoniemi who used to play for Chicago San Jose he had uh, one of his gloves at home and he threw a ball against the wall the whole night when he was watching moving, catching uh pekarine. He played, uh, uh, it's hard to, for you guys probably to pronounce, pesapalo. it's a Finnish version of uh, baseball. So he played that a lot when he was younger, so his glove and was really good. But I think it's too, from the culture you come come from, uh, goaltending culture, uh, that's where we try to be goaltenders, to have active gloves, to... If you have a good glove that's active, your rebound control is going to be a lot better. So it's it's really it's a key part of the game. And uh goalies when they break in new gear. Usually if the glove feels good, all the rest feels good too. So that's how it goes. Let's talk about the goalies that you have here,
1: because we're talking about a glove hand. To me, Jet Greaves above and beyond when it comes to, to the way that he catches bucks and, and controls things with that glove.
3: Yeah, it's it's been really impressing. Uh, a great kid, unreal kid and uh, the passion for the game, how he approached the game and prepared himself, having a great season, taking those steps and uh, you can see his glove hand it's uh it's active but he's ready for the shot and we we want the goal is to have quiet hands before the shot because when you move things it's harder to control. When your glove is steady and ready then usually it's easier easier to catch the puck. But uh you know he's been Taking huge strides this year. So, Nick, you're uh, with Elvis Merzlikens. He looks different this year.
2: Is there anything that you noticed uh, with him? I know you have watched him from afar, but now he
3: looks calmer in the net at times, uh, quieter. So would that be a, a fair assessment? Yeah, and uh give a lot of credit to him. He really worked hard this summer to be physically ready for the season, and uh, that's what he wanted to play. Uh, we talked about his game from last year, and he wanted to be more quiet. He didn't want to be all over the place. He wanted to trust more his positioning, and uh, he's, you know, it's it's his strength. He's really athletic, but when you're that athletic, sometimes you use it too much because you you get away. I was really slow, so I couldn't use it. I had to be in right spot all the time. But he's so quick, fast. So for him, for us, it's it's maybe weird to say say down. try to slow it. Slow his game down, let the puck come to you instead of chasing the puck, and he been, he's been doing a really good job in that and he, he was ready to come into the camp and uh, with a great mindset. That's interesting because for players we always say the assessment that
2: the game slows down for them you know you, you see things you think you're always rushed when you get the puck, but you actually have more time than you think that's probably a maturity thing Is it for Elvis and, and
3: all goalies? It is and uh, it's a confidence thing too and uh, when you feel confident you know the puck is going to hit you in the chest it doesn't look probably well it's a good save it's a great save for the goal when the puck hits your chest but when you're watching the game you think it's just a normal save but when the puck hits your chest you've done everything right before the shot to prepare for the shot and uh, it sounds maybe boring but sometimes you make the game look a lot easier than it is and in most of the time, goalies don't get credited for that, but it's, it's like you say, when you're in your game, that game is slow, and uh, you know you're in the right
2: position. And that's probably hard with Elvis, or probably was a tough, not hard, but it was probably a, a conversation that was a challenge, because it seems like he loves to make that big, spectacular um, highlight reel save.
3: Yeah, everyone does that for sure. You have your <laughs> highlight goals, like we saw <laughs> back here a couple months ago. That's right. That's right. No, it's good when i next. Yeah. It's, then I think, too, you know, it's easier on your body, too, when you're in the right position. And uh, we're not talking about a week or two weeks or a month. We're talking, we want our goal is to play when they're f- still 40. So, how can you save your body? It's when you don't have to make those. Uh, highlight real saves when you're in the right position and a puck hits you and uh, for sure it's, uh, you dream about those big saves, but uh, puck that hits your chest, it's worth the same thing. Yeah, it stinks for the uh, guys trying to score, I know that. We,
2: we have an alumni skate and Nick's still got it. Tough to score on him. I know we're all a little bit out
3: of shape, but you're still, you're quicker than Vegas. <laughs> I really, not you though. I really appreciate that you said just a little bit. <laughs> it, it's, it's funny when you still got the game in your head, but then you put the gear on at the wall. No, isn't that crazy?
2: And I was saying, we joke about it. I saw last year, someone uh, videotaped us skating. And you know, like you think you're flying out there and things are moving fast. We were
3: so, so we looked so bad. Not you weren't out there yet, but. Us and the guys who were out there, it's slow. I had when I played, I hated to watch a video with my goalie coach because in my mind I had that I'm lighting fast, I'm that athletic. Then I see the way that I'm like, oh boy.
1: (laughs) The way you see yourself is what counts the most. Yeah. I got to ask you one more thing here. With the three goalies that you have right now, is that difficult? Because, you know, the saying always is, well, there's only two nets. And you're trying to get guys into practice, you're trying to get guys into games you're trying to be uh, you guys are trying to to build this rotation but that sounds nice but is it difficult to deal with
3: yeah there's two nets in a practice and one net in a game so uh, I feel 82 games uh, you know for two goalies that's maybe not enough but uh, you you look at our goalies they deserve to be here they show that they can play really good and great guys work hard Uh, they love each other uh, help each other and uh, you know it's 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 something we work on every day and uh, their approach to to it has been really great i know it's not i've been in that situation i know it's not perfect but uh, you, you you do what you can control and uh, for us it's every day to try to make sure we're ready when you get the chance to play and be there for our teammates it's uh you know it's uh, it's a mental thing too for for us uh, as a coaches we have to make sure they get enough work in the practice But then, uh, mentally, you have to be sharp when you get, when it's your turn to play, it's, uh, you have to be ready. It's always easier when you know that you're going to play night in and night out, but that those days doesn't really happen that more and more anymore in NHL when you have a goalie playing 70 plus games. How, how does it work?
2: Uh, you bring the information to Pascal Vincent, the head coach, and then he decides who plays? Yeah, it's a
3: teamwork. Usually we sit uh, around the table and, uh, talk about the lineup and then, I give the rest of the coaches my ideas or how I look at things and then, uh, then we decide together. So Elvis has been, well, he's in the rotation, but he hasn't been in the
1: last couple of games. He's been practicing, working on things. Uh, and I know part of that is because you guys wanted Daniel Tarasov to get some repetition and start to build because he missed so much time this year. But
3: do you look to work Elvis back in there soon? Yeah, it's for sure. It's it's hard to sit out. Uh, all the players' goal is to, you know, their pride. It, it, their pride. Proud about themselves, how good they are, and they, everyone deserves to play. And uh, uh, for us, is to keep them ready. And like you said, for us, it's been now. Daniel is coming back; he was out for eight plus months. So, and young kids, we have to see how he handling things, how how he can do, and uh, know the schedule. Final was at that point, we could do it. But uh, you know, Elvis been working really hard. I've been really proud of his attitude every day you know, he's been great to his teammates and uh, working hard on the ice and making sure he's ready when he gets his chance. Well,
1: Nick, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Great to get the goaltending perspective because we don't get it very often, and and we just guess, and we're wrong most of the time. So thank you for coming on and straightening us out about it all. And uh, it's great to have you here. So best of luck. Enjoy the rest of the season. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That is Nicholas from goaltending coach of the Blue Jackets. Stay tuned. Jody and I will come back and wrap up this week's edition of the Inside Edge, presented by First Merchants Bank here on 97.1 The Fan.
0: We have so many local shows, I can't fit them in a 10-second promo. So let's just say we're live and local all damn day. The-
1: Well, you can kickstart the new year with the annual Line 5K presented by Ohio Health. Register now. Take advantage of discounted pricing until February the 10th. You get two game tickets, a Blue Jackets-branded race shirt, and a shiny new medal. Register by going to bluejackets.com slash 5K. Ready to wrap up this week's edition of the Inside Edge. Jody here. We usually talk about what's going on in the National Hockey League. And Without question, the biggest story in the league has been Cutter Gauthier refusing to play for the Philadelphia Flyers. He was just drafted two summers ago by Philadelphia. Didn't want to play there. Told them, don't want to play here. And so Danny Briere, the general manager, was able to work out a deal with the Anaheim Ducks, and he traded the guy before, before they ever signed him to a contract. And the people in Philly are obviously raving mad. <laughs> but I want to talk about the organization itself and keith jones the new president there daniel briere the new gm there john tortorella coaching there and, and being part of that uh that trio they have him actually involved in uh player personnel decisions there too they all came out as a united front with a message if you don't want to play in philadelphia we don't want you so they got him somewhere else they got jamie drysdale in the trade from the anaheim ducks they bring him over. He's a right shot defenseman that they're they're high on. They think that he can help him or help them out a lot with their team. But uh, it was a rather unusual situation. You don't often see those guys saying, "Nah, I don't want to play for you," and getting traded before they're ever under contract. However, he is a college player, so the other route that he could have taken, and we saw this with Mike Riley here a couple of years ago, just go and play your college career. And then never sign and wind up being a free agent, and you can sign with anybody anyway. So at least the Flyers read the room early, and they made a deal, and they got a player in return. Yeah, I like the way they
2: reacted. I mean, you know, they didn't wait to drag it out and hope to entice him into the organization. Uh, valuable prospect. They did a great. I mean, he tore up the World Juniors with USA. They won the gold. They uh, they did a great showing and won the gold medal there. And when you think about that young player in that situation. Uh, you know, he he made his decision that he didn't want to come to development camp in the summer. They couldn't get in contact with him in the World Juniors, so they reacted. Uh, and I like the way they, that organization stuck together. I mean, they were all... Well, I mean, Scott Hartnell does the broadcast. He, he had a message. Uh, Keith Jones, the president, Danny Briere, they all said the same thing. And they reacted and got what they thought was the most out of it. And they kept it quiet. And, you know, for Philadelphia, that team, uh, the past couple of years on the ice... Did not have an identity, and if there's one thing that the Philadelphia Flyers hung their hat on, it was having an identity. And it's not only them; it's their fan base. They expect a tough, hardworking, in-your-face style of of hockey. And as a player going in there, you always knew it was going to be a long night with Philadelphia and their fl- fans. And that organization now is establishing that, that again with all the work of everybody there. And you know, there's a lot of pride. I've been on both sides of those those that fan base. They're extremely proud of, of being from Philadelphia and being a fan of their team, whether it's the Eagles uh, or or the Flyers. Uh, they understand that that that's their team and don't cross them. So they've already reacted. Uh, some of them have overreacted, maybe a little bit, but you know that's just I I, I like the way it was handled on, on both sides. I mean, um, for for the I mean for the Flyers especially because it it shows a cohesive organization that came out and said because it's shocking that they traded this player so they had to address why like what is going on so they did say uh, and you know the kid's going to feel it when he comes to Philadelphia next year and plays against the Flyers of course but um, good thing he'll be wearing a helmet <laughs> it'll be only one time uh, but yeah it's it's good of the, of the organization to do that and they picked up a great prospect and, and a second round pick Drysdale's a good player he got an assist last night of the power play they got the win uh, against the Montreal Canadiens so Interesting though that that's the main storyline in the NHL because when you do see a blue chip prospect like that get traded, both those guys, Drysdale hasn't been healthy for the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, you look at the forwards they have now out there; those young prospects, it's pretty impressive uh, what they've done. So, I I was just uh, I like the way that the
1: young GM, and the president, handled that situation. Let's talk about the upcoming teams here for the Blue Jackets. You got Seattle; they're going to be here on Saturday. They're in the midst of a winning streak right now. And then on Monday, Vancouver comes in. Lo and behold, how about this team under Rick Tockett um, climbing up into the upper echelon of points in the National Hockey League? Uh, and then to round out the three-game homestand, you got Jersey later next week. So this this is not going to be an easy three-game stretch by any means. No, and, and Rick Tockett's done a phenomenal job with Adam Foote,
2: Sergey Gonchar. Uh, you know, they've established how things have to be. A lot of talent out there. A locker room that was a little bit in disarray. They've straightened it all out. Their goaltending is is good. Uh, they just swept the whole New York area, won all three games there. So this team is rolling, and they're a high-octane, hardworking um, team. So they're going to be fun to watch. And how about the Kraken? You know, you talk about, you look at seasons, and everyone talks about, oh, you know, they've fallen off, they're disappointing. They waited, uh, they stuck with their game plan, and now they're right there. I mean, they're tied. They're on the outside of the wild card right now, but they're tied in points, uh in the west for being they're they're in the race they're, they're they're a team that is expecting to be back in the playoffs so um it's amazing the first 20 games the some of the overreaction because you know yeah you're six points back it's been a disappointing oh you're eight points back it's disappointing you get on a little bit of a run and teams fall off a little bit like they do uh you look at even like pittsburgh they're up and down and all around all season long and they're a team that has so much talent you think they'll figure it out um but the, the Seattle Kraken are right there, and it's impressive. They're getting good, good goaltending again. Uh, they, they have their confidence back. Uh, and that's a team that has to have all their pieces going to to have success, and it's a great example of a team that's playing together.
1: I love how they build it. They didn't try to do what Vegas did and come right. in and go to the Stanley Cup final in year one. Ron Francis was more patient. They get the year two, and then they have a good playoff run, and they get that experience. Oliver Bjorkstrand will be coming back here. He was named an All-Star by Seattle. And before we close this out, speaking of All-Star, we didn't talk about this earlier in the show, and I would be remiss if I didn't bring it up to you. Boone Jenner being named as an All-Star, first time in his career – and he's such a hard worker. I think we take him for granted because we see him play each and every day. But what an honor it is for him to get named to the NHL All-Star Game, a game that's going to be played near his home. It's going to be in Toronto. That's fantastic. Boone Jenner's a guy we've watched grow
2: up. He's the captain. He's earned every single point. Everything he's done, he's earned through hard work. Uh, and he's a guy we're so proud of here in Columbus. And uh, couldn't say more or couldn't be more ecstatic for him to be named as an All-Star. It's a tremendous honor uh, for him to get named that. I can't imagine how excited he is and his family. I know he's a big family guy. A lot of good things happening for Boone Jenner in his life, and he's earned everything he's got. So congratulations to him in going to Toronto representing the Columbus Blue Jackets as that.
1: What's gonna be fun to watch for me is it's a three on three, right? Yeah. Now, you know what his role usually is here in three on three. When the face off get off the ice. He's gonna get a chance to play yeah. in a three on three. And when he gets the chance to play, he's gonna to get to look to his right and to his left or where you know, maybe he plays a wing, doesn't matter. Everywhere he looks, there's going to be talented guys around him. Yeah, I know it's gonna be Yeah, it's going to be fun. He's going to probably be a little nervous, but uh, I'm sure he'll settle in and have a great time there. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So congratulations to Boone Jenner, who, by the way, is back skating with the Blue Jackets now in the full cage after having the broken jaw and hopefully going to be uh, returning to action. I know he wants to get a couple of games in before he goes to that All-Star game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We'll we'll see. I mean, maybe not. You know what I mean? (laughs) Maybe he
2: doesn't, but broken jaw is a tough one to come back from because, you know, he's Hasn't had a solid meal in a while, so once he gets that wire off, uh, he'll probably ease his way into that. But, hey, I don't think an all-star game's a bad way to come back. You know, ease your way in, dangle out there. I just hope he doesn't lose his game when he comes back with the Blue Jackets, (laughs) be toe-dragging and doing
1: all the fancy stuff. I just, he won't be dumping the puck in, that's for sure. No, no, (laughs) there's no doubt about that. So, once again, congratulations to Boone. For the upcoming all-star game again the schedule for the blue jackets uh seattle is here on saturday night that's a seven o'clock game and don't forget monday martin luther king day so it's a holiday for many one o'clock face-off at nationwide arena the blue jackets and the vancouver canucks on monday so don't forget that don't show up at six o'clock because we'll be long gone home eating dinner it'll be over so make sure you're here in the afternoon for a little matinee at Nationwide Arena. Thanks to Nicholas Backstrom, the Blue Jackets goaltending coach, for being our guest tonight. That's going to do it for this edition of the Inside Edge. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligott. Thanks for listening to 97.1 The Fan.
3: The Fan Guest Hotline is sponsored by Accurate Heating and Cooling and Bryant. Doing whatever it takes to keep you and your home comfortable. The
0: Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WPNSFM, HD1 Columbus, the fans.